Hey everybody, welcome back to another Photog Adventures podcast. I'm Aaron King. I'm Brendan Porter. With families and day jobs, we know it's hard to find time to get out there with your camera. So Brendan and I joined together and made the commitment to go out consistently and build up our landscape and astrophotography portfolios. We live in Utah and are lucky to have so many beautiful landscapes all around us. Not only do we have five national parks right here in Utah, but we are only a day or less drive away from 30 other national parks. So we created PhotogAdventures.com, this podcast, and our YouTube channel to chronicle our adventures. Come along with us to amazing places and learn from our mistakes and our successes. We hope that you will get out there too and have a photog adventure of your own. Hey everybody, welcome to episode 29. As the Dutch say, which actually my accent is terrible now. It It sounds like you're just coughing up phlegm. I keep mentioning the Dutch and I mentioned it in our uh, judging of the photo contest and I didn't get any context. I used to live in the Netherlands. I went there as a volunteer, a missionary of my church for two years and went back there for school. And my wife and I, after 10 months of living there, got kicked out of the country as illegal immigrants. So that's a long story. I have to share another day. But hey, welcome to episode 29. They didn't like you enough. Well, I was too short for them, which is actually very true. I was too short for them. It's a land of tall people? <laughs> yeah. Oh. In an embarrassing story, when I was serving there as a missionary, I was trying to find some pants to wear on what we call P-Day, which is where we just hang out, don't have to wear church clothes for a day. It's awesome. I loved P-Day. So I was trying to find a pair of pants that fit me. Just and normal jeans or something, right? Yeah, something yeah. casual. I actually wanted some cargo pockets, and I found one that had cargo mm-hmm. pockets. I put it up next to me. It went from my waist down to my ankle perfectly. Just a little bit of give. I'm like, this is awesome. How much do these cost? And I look up to see how much they cost. Not only were they a price that maybe was a little more expensive than I realized, but they were women's pants. <laughs> and they weren't just women's <laughs> pants, they were women's capris. These were the Dutch women's capri <laughs> pants. They're supposed to be up to <laughs> they're supposed to be like halfway down from their knee to their That's ankle awesome. for the capri pants for the woman in Holland and it was perfectly fitting. I think those are the last pair of pants that fit me. Why does that remind me of the flight of the Concords? <laughs> I want I need, small men's pants, please. <laughs> Too big around my thighs. <laughs> Tears of a rapper. That's oh for you, Rusty. Gosh. Tears of a rapper. Rusty, I hope you got a kick out of that because, <laughs> wow. Oh, my gosh. It was so depressing. So the only pair of pants that fit me in the Netherlands were a woman's pair of capris. So, yeah, I was too short for the country. So you never went shopping there again? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? Anything that fit me was a small child, and yet, you know, a small child has a small child's waist, and I have a man's waist. So you're looking for a really chunky child. (laughs) What do you got? They don't have Walmart in Holland, do they? (laughs) What do you guys have for fat children? We're the Dutch. We don't have fat children. Give me some fat children pants. There's got to be at least some fat kids in this country. (laughs) So before I sit here and go into crazy nostalgia for the Netherlands, which a country which I love, despite being kicked out of it as an illegal Mm -hmm. immigrant, Mm -hmm. I would go too long on that discussion, so we got to stop it now. Episode 29. All right. Today we're going to talk about what, Brendan? Well, tonight we went out to um, downtown Salt Lake. So Aaron works there at downtown, so we met up there to get the moonrise. Oh, that's the full moon night, guys. I hope you're out there. I hope you were out there. And it's still going to be pretty big tomorrow night. Listen to this on the day it comes out Tuesday, because we're a day late. You guys are probably going to have a great moon still. Yeah, well, Dan got a moon shot yesterday, and it was fantastic. They posted it on Instagram. What does the shot look like? Well, I think... He had got the he got the Tamron one hundred and fifty to six hundred, correct? Is that right? Oh, right, yeah. So he zoomed right in on that guy and got a shot with the Wasatch Mountains, like a peak and the moon rising just off the uh, left of it. Posted on Instagram, it looks fantastic. Instagram, Instagram. So he took that um, <laughs> yesterday and posted that today, and I was like, like, 
Yeah. I was like, like. So too many like, likes, like. like man, totally. So totes. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so yeah, Daniel's the guy that was judging with us. If you saw our photo contest video Lindhart. that we post on there, it's Daniel Lindhart and Rusty. Earlier we mentioned was Rusty Parker's from that too. So I guess we're just gonna keep referencing those guys who are judges. Yeah. Let's They're friends of ours. Travis was going to be on there, but unfortunately, Travis has been overworked at his job. Yeah, and he was guy. he was falling asleep driving home, Vivint let alone is just killing him. Yeah, sucking his soul away, <laughs> sapping all his will to so, live. So um, here's an interesting historical fact about downtown Salt Lake that I did not know: is that it uh, the city was planned in 1833, but it wasn't founded as a city until 1850. So it was planned already in 1833, but they just there was no city yet. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so it took them 17 years to found it after they had actually planned it all out. So. Well, in 1833, they weren't even in the valley. Yeah. So that's interesting. So they planned the city, but they didn't have a location for it. Yeah. So awesome. I think they think the pioneers arrived here in the 1840s, right? Early Uh-oh, 40s. We're gonna set ourselves up for failure here. I'm gonna be. Yeah, you can hate us later, people. But um, we entered the valley in 1847. So it's three years later they founded the actual city. So that, that sounds about right. I think. Yeah. Right? Temple Square is an interesting place. Um, there's some fantastic architecture uh, on the temple oh, itself yeah. and the, some of the surrounding buildings. A lot of it. I mean, the temple is. By far the oldest building there besides the tabernacle, which is right next to. Yeah, we're talking 40 years of stonemason work. Awesome stonemason work. Yeah, I mean, and another interesting fact about the, the temple construction is that the stonemasons didn't use any mortar. These are just really super straight, flat blocks that they stacked. Of granite. Um, heavy, crazy, heavy granite blocks they stacked up to build this thing. And no mortar. That is crazy. I didn't know that. Yeah, so they've got a nice reflecting pool. We've got some moonrise, you know, we want to get the, some moonrise shots. That's the reason we went there. Yeah. We planned that out, so we used our photo pills, and we'll talk a little bit more about that. Yeah, so we before we go into that, let's do our listener photog adventure of the day. Today's listener photog adventure comes from Stephen J. Magner. This is the story about the warning of going out in the early... Early spring. Early spring mm. when, it's, when it's wet, okay? So he's talking about how he is loving it in California, going over there to the Eastern Sierras, meaning the eastern side of the Sierra Mountains, just basically right behind Yosemite National Park is June Lake. So if you look on the east side of the mountains there on the border of California and Nevada, you're going to see these lakes out here. And that's where Steven is at. Cool area. He is loving it. He is loving going out there over and over again. His wife Hmm. thinks he's crazy for still wanting to go out there, but we'll (laughs) tell you that story here. So he says that he went out, and this is what time of the year? He went out Friday. It was basically the last week of... Oh, April 2nd. It was okay. April 2nd oh, that he went out. Okay. So he went out to June Lake, California, April 2nd, and he's about four miles into driving and seeing pure darkness and little mm. else. He's like, okay, I'm going to turn my two-wheel car around in a turnout here. Terrible decision. It was early spring, and he went into the turnout to go himself to do that full turnaround, and his front tires get stuck. Oh. The ground was frozen over, but because of the high amount of rain they've been having recently, he goes, everything was oversaturated. So he's slowing down to make the turn. His two front tires completely submerged into the ground, and he was stuck mm. just spinning there. He was stuck spinning mud for the next four hours. Oh. <laughs> he says, Geico refused to send someone out because he was technically off-roading. And over those oh four hours, gosh. two cars passed by. One passerby did nothing but stare at me as I waved my arm from the side of the road. Mm. What's that guy want? <laughs> and another pickup, which happened to have all the equipment to remove him from the sunken mud, was 
was kind enough to stop and pull them out. Oh, nice. So check out this picture. Those guys love doing that anyways. That's why they get the big old trucks with the big old, you know, pulleys <laughs> on them and stuff. They want to pull people out. They want to help. Good for him. So look at this picture. We sit in there. He's stuck in the mud. And he's like, I'm going to use some time. I got four hours. And the Milky Way was looking awesome. Right. And Stephen does something that you and I are planning on doing a lot more this year. And we didn't do it at all last year. It was where he does stacking. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So he stacked the image. So I'll give you guys the settings of the image here in a second. But I want Brendan to look at it with me. Check out this picture. So with the stacking, you can see how all the really bright stars, all that brightness coming off of the brightest stars gets doubled up, tripled up, quadrupled up, mm -hmm. and they just really shine. They just really shine in there. And you can see the core of the Milky Way is right above his car. The back two tires, completely clean. You can see it, yeah. <laughs> and you can see his two front just totally in there. Oh, they look like they're chocolate pretzels. They're just completely covered with mud. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> and you can see the turnout that he pulled into. And I've, I made the, th I had the thought myself going down a, a road at night when I'm alone. I'm like, should I pull into there? I'm like, no, 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 keep two tires on the on the pavement at all times because I was being extra careful. Oh, right. I always, I told him when I saw his picture, I'm like, okay, I've always thought I was being just paranoid and extra careful. And now I see what he's done here. Mm -hmm. I am never going to go into a turnout until it's summer. That seems so scary. I mean, I. he sounds like he wasn't entirely alone. He had someone else with him. But I was alone many of those times that I've driven mm -hmm. out there and I could have mm -hmm. been this person and no one was going to pass by for hours. Ugh. Gosh. Okay, here's a little tip that I learned from a neighbor. Oh, yeah? One day, a snowplow got stuck outside of my house on Wait, my street. on your street? On my street, on a residential street. How did it get stuck? A snowplow actually got stuck. It was the craziest thing. All right. And so my neighbor, who was um, a U-Haul repair guy, like he drove a big old U-Haul truck that you could actually load a car on top of. Oh, He drove okay. that as, for, as his work truck. And he had the full, like, you know, everything in the back, all the gear and everything, like tools. He came out with a couple of aluminum treads. They were like nothing. They weighed like two pounds. He just shoved them under the tires. The guy could back up. And then he rolled on and then he pulled them out and he threw them back in his truck. I was like, that is amazing. So aluminum tread. You're saying tread because they have a tire tread pattern on yeah, them? Yeah. Well, no, they, they were just these aluminum tracks. They just had these, like, these grippy things knocked out, these holes knocked out, like for grips. Oh. And then he just threw them under the tires. And I'm thinking this is exactly what he could use right here. If he just had a couple of those aluminum treads, he could have shoved them underneath both front tires, and it gives you a hard surface to roll off of. Yeah, there won't be any slipping around. And they the weigh like nothing, and they didn't take up much space, and you just throw them in your trunk, and I'm thinking, dude, this is what exactly what he needed. So if you ever, you can Amazon them, I'm sure. Let's find it before Let's the end of the podcast. Let's find them on Amazon and post we'll it on, on, there. on the show notes. So, awesome. Because those things are amazing, and everybody should have them. If you're doing, I mean, if you're go, if you're like us guys, you're going out and you're doing some adventuring and some, you're going to go out into wilderness to get a dark sky, right? <laughs> yeah. This is one little tool you could have that could save your butt big time. So, <laughs> well, just a little disclaimer too, since we always should say this, when we post a link to Amazon, just know that we are giving you a link that allows you guys to throw some commission our way, just as a thank you. It costs you nothing to do, absolutely mm -hmm. nothing. It's just. Same price it would have been otherwise, but you give a little credit towards Photog Adventures and we get a dollar or two. And it's just nice to do. So if you guys ever need yeah. to go to Amazon, use one of our links. That'd be awesome of you. Thank you, guys. So yeah. let's go into the settings. So this image, he says that he took 20 images. No, I'm saying that wrong. Uh, ba -da -ba -da -bum. So he has four frames for the foreground that mm -hmm. he captured with the car. Then he has eight of them for the night sky. Oh. He's using a Canon 6D. He has the lens that is a Sigma 24 
millimeter. It has a Sigma 24 millimeter f 1.4 art lens. Nice. That's on my list. I really want one That's of those. Nice. Now the 24 millimeter, not, but a Sigma art lens. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm in love with the idea of a Sigma. Wasn't this the Sigma you were looking at? Yeah. That's what you were going to get. I was thinking about the getting Tamron. that one. Yeah. Yeah. Before I got such a, an amazing deal on my Tamron, yeah. I couldn't pass it up. So I'm like, yeah, okay. <laughs> he says it took 20 seconds for each, each exposure at f 2.0 so practically mm. wide open mm -hmm. he stopped it down a little bit just to get rid of the coma just two two stops yeah from 1.4 so yeah and then he had a iso at 6400 because you know canon 60 iso 6400 is great mm -hmm. i'm almost always at 6400 or higher with that when i'm out there doing night photography he had two loom cubes that he used for continuous oh, lighting on his car nice so you look at the lighting so that's why okay okay yeah i mean i thought he just had it's a very really long exposure well done for a couple loom cubes it's really right. subtle i like that. I didn't think he had a light source because I thought it was just a long exposure yeah. of the starlight on the area because there's nothing that's really... But it does look like there's a little bit on the back and then a little bit on the front. So he might have done oh, yeah, a little yeah. bit of side lighting. Oh, man, I'm loving the reflection of the Milky Way on his I vehicle. Know, I know. <laughs> Isn't that cool? It's way cool. From the windshield to the windows. Mm -hmm. Now this window right here, is he faking that one? No, I think it's all star starred up from the stars the behind. other side. Yeah. It's not the Milky Way stars. That, right. that makes sense. Okay. Gosh, yeah. Awesome. And so he's got two loom cubes going on here, lighting it up. And like I said, four frames foreground, eight for the night sky, so 12 frames total. Yeah, nice. And the night sky with just eight frames, you can see how it makes those really bright stars looking awesome. If you've taken a shot yeah. of the Milky Way recently, you can notice the orange star Antares. Up in the top right of the Milky Way core in the northern hemisphere it is, you'll see Antares on the top right of the core. And around Antares is what they call the Rho Ophiuchi. And it looks like three dark claws coming away Oh from yeah, it. the the little dark uh -huh, areas, the uh -huh. um, dust lanes, the the dust, dust lanes, lanes of okay. the of the core, the Milky Way. So these dust lanes are very visible right mm -hmm. here next to Antares, and going up from Antares, you have the three stars of the Scorpius constellation. But mm -hmm. there's other bright stars in the area, really colorful stars. I mean, amazing shots in this area. I Brent, I borrowed Brendan's 85 millimeter tonight, so the next Milky Way, I'm gonna capture some really nice, high stacked quality shots of the Rho Ophiuchi, mm -hmm. and I'm gonna share it because I'm I'm in love with this now i didn't know about it all last year which i'm actually glad i didn't because last year we had saturn and mars right on top of the royal yeah, fuki the yeah. whole time so that might have ruined those shots or looked cooler i don't know oh yeah yeah so mm. this is a cool area he has great clarity in the sky just awesome awesome oh, yeah. work well done well done steven good work man so if any of you guys want to share your images, again, go to our Photog Adventure listener group on Facebook. Get your best pictures, get your best stories, and send them our way. So let's go ahead and take our first break of the podcast. We'll come right back and talk about the stories of our photo shoot out with the full moon. Okay. Welcome back to the Photog Adventures podcast. Now we're going to talk about our full moon experience. And the reason why we're out here is, like he said, I... I'm sorry. What? You, you just can't said hear me full say moon full moon experience and yeah, not I'm think so about something else? Can't think about, yeah, someone uh, mooning you. Yeah. Okay, me, well, let's, or... how do I phrase this better? Let's talk about our full moon getaway, our full moon photography experience. <laughs> this doesn't get any better. It just, nope, just go, it's fine. 
Okay. <laughs> Let's just go with it. It's fine. <laughs> so I, like he said, I'm working right there in downtown Salt Lake, and I work in this complex, which is basically the campus of the church headquarters, and we have the Temple Square all right there. It's beautiful. In the full moon, I had walked away from work a few months ago and saw the full moon rising behind me, and I'm like, oh, man, that is awesome. Right on the horizon. It looked right. huge. And then you've got the spires of the temple. That would look really, really cool. And I've seen shots like that before, and they look amazing. So I'm setting up the shot using photo pills. You look kind of awkward when you're out there with your augmented reality app and kind of guiding around. I had this one family crossing in front of me in another location where they, grandpa and kids and families that were adult children, and they were all coming through, and they gave me a really weird look as I had my camera basically on my phone tilted right at his kids. And I wasn't <laughs> trying to take a picture of them. He had no idea, though. He just thought, why is this guy filming us or taking a picture of us? And I'm just trying to see, okay, the moon is right here. It's going to go up to this point. And I was only paying attention to the fact that the moon was visible on my screen. I didn't yeah. pay attention. There were people standing there and, you know, kids and teenage girls and a grandpa oh, who was funny. like, what are you looking at, buddy? Protective grandpa. <laughs> <laughs> I don't blame him uh, i would have given myself that eye what do you want guy oh that's funny and so i'm looking at the shot planning the setup seeing okay brendan here's some pictures of where we can stand in the grassy area and see it here we'll just figure it out when you get here tonight right. by the time you've arrived we realize oh, there's some problems with this plan yeah the area is like either parking lot or giant grass field or trees in the way yeah, the trees, too, weren't pretty trees. No, they didn't just scraggly, any leaves leafless yet. trees. <laughs> yeah. oh, Winter trees. Very tall trees that didn't have any leaves and had cut off trunks and large branches where they had gotten rid of them for dangerous reasons, or they would have been dangerous. Yeah, because the snow, that's the thing, is the snow gets heavy on these bigger, older branches, and then they snap yeah. off and like can hurt something, like fall on someone. And so Temple Square is always populated. So they've got these 40-foot trees... Right. You know, right in between the grass field and the temple. And we're trying to get a shot. And it's just everything's just kind of skunking us. It was just crazy. We, we were looking at a photo pills app using the augmented reality app at this point where mm -hmm. we can kind of hold it in front of us and push the time forward and see where the moon would be. And we're realizing, okay, from here, the moon is actually above the temple where we want it at 10 o'clock at night. 10, 10, 30, 11. The closer we got to the temple, <laughs> the higher it would have to go pushing it later in the night. And, and away from that period on the horizon where it's nice and magnified. Right. It's smaller and smaller and smaller as it goes up. So We start walking away yeah. from it, going across the street, then through a parking lot, then to another area. We ended up going around a corner to some apartment complexes that we were hoping to find someone who would let us on their balcony. And it was closed, so we didn't know how to get in there. So we, No one was yeah. coming or going. We couldn't find anyone to ask. Yeah, it was... So a lot of the stories that we have from this experience is really all the stuff that we learned and what worked and what didn't work for us tonight. So we're just right. going to blend all of that together let's as we right talk in. about it. Yeah. So let's jump right in about what was working first. Then we'll go into what we learned. What worked for you? Um, what worked for me as far as photo Graphically, I think it was, uh, we just decided to get a picture of the temple from the ground. And we found a cool spot where there's these bed of flowers um, in between these big um, pathways. Yeah, walking and so paths. We, we set the cameras down real low, aiming up at the temple, and the big scraggly trees were kind of like framing it, which was kind of nice. There was absolutely nothing in the sky, so I didn't focus blue much hour. in the sky at just all. Blue. There's no clouds, no interest, just nothing, so... Most of the stuff was foreground, the flowers, 
got that as low as I could. And then, uh, yeah, the temple above, and it looked pretty cool. So I snapped a few shots of that, and I think they'll turn out nice. Where yeah. we had been looking for a shot, we've been looking for a foreground element, a mid-ground element, and the only thing that I found that was remotely close to being a good foreground element was like a macro foreground element. Mm -hmm. I had to practically do a macro shot to focus on it with some yellow flowers in it, and then it was this bush that was in front of me, but then we had a street block between me and the temple, basically. Oh, yeah, and yeah. the street block wasn't interesting. It had facades of buildings that were just functional. They weren't pretty, and yeah. it had trees, like the ones we saw on the grass field, where they were just, they just didn't have leaves. They weren't really cool. They were just in the way. Yeah, it's like such a nice, cool place to walk around and just be there, but trying to take pictures of it is really difficult. You've really got to set yourself it's up really for a shot of a facade part of the cool buildings with some other stuff in the in frame instead of trying to capture all of it we wanted it yeah. all because of the moon rising and so that really changed our perspective on what worked and what didn't mm -hmm. and the things that we thought could work is if we go on the other side of the temple where that reflecting pool is we won't see the temple but right. we will see the moon yeah and when we got over there you're like hey th there it is it's over the mountain range already mm -hmm. just barely and we started capturing shots of it in the reflecting pool, and that was awesome. The reflecting pool was was nice. Um, there was even a Canadian swan. A single one. There. Yeah, just hanging out. It was awesome. And uh, we, tr I tried really hard to get him in my shot. And one thing that I learned was uh, don't hire wildlife to be your talent because <laughs> they're completely unreliable. <laughs> it's like they don't follow the contract <laughs> he was or there. Something. He was there the entire time. You know, he put his work in, put his time in, but <laughs> yeah. he just wouldn't stop moving. He kept turning away. He's either turning the wrong direction or moving just enough. <laughs> and it's really hard to stay still in water, I guess, when you're already yeah, like I guess so, moving huh? in a certain direction. You're probably just going to float that same direction, even though he's not like moving his legs. He was and taking so, forever to get into our frame, but then he wouldn't stay still. Even for four seconds, eight seconds is too long. He, just, he was always blurry, which was kind of sad. I tried two seconds. Two seconds and half a second, and, and I blurry. got blur. I got yeah. blur. Now, I haven't seen the picture on the big screen, so I wonder if there's part of the image that's okay. But if from from the weight, from the water to his uh, body of his plumes of feathers coming out the back, mm -hmm. totally blur. Totally oh, blur. Wow. So you do what you can. But it was really cool having that goose there. Yeah. Because... I had a shot where I had the moon reflecting in the water and the distant buildings, they weren't all that interesting. No. But the lights, if I had my exposure really low with a low ISO where it's just I wasn't trying to capture the buildings. I was just trying to capture the lights and the sea, the, the, the atmosphere of the area and the mm -hmm. water ripples. I got a really cool movement on the water so it was soft and then there was a goose coming into frame. Right. My problem was is that the, mo the goose and the moon were in the same area in my frame. There was nothing on the left. Oh. So I tried pulling far left, opened up to 15 millimeters so that I could get the other side of this pathway of grasses and flowers where you could see a lamppost after lamppost after lamppost. Mm -hmm. So I'm hoping that carried the left side of the image well enough while the goose is practically on the reflection of the moon. But then I moved around to try and find something that could work. But I found myself not being able to be as agile as I wanted because I'm wearing my church pants. And apparently oh. when you wear church pants every day for a week and then you wash them and then wear them every day for a week for work, it's really easy to get holes in the bottom of your pants, or not the bottom of them, right in the crotch. Oh, so really? I had a nice, I have a nice big hole right there at the base of my zipper to the back. And so when I was hunched over. Did you just over, that today? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so as I'm hunched over working on my images, I'm realizing that I might be flashing people, giving a little more mm. full moon than people wanted. 
And so I had to start standing up awkwardly as I'm leaning over my camera, trying not to flash people and trying to make sure the shot works out while the goose is slowly going in the wrong direction and the right direction. Then it was balanced in my composition. It wasn't quite there. And then one of the things I had a problem with was my the quick release shoe or plate that's on the bottom of my camera. And I'll discuss that later for gear time. Um, that was not jiving very well for me. So Brendan um, hasn't mentioned yeah. it yet, but he lost his tripod and his gear head. Yes, I, le- I was an idiot, and I left my uh, all my a lot of stuff in the trunk of my last rental car. This is why you don't come back from a photog adventure crazy late, because we decided to drive all the way home that night instead of sleeping again. And I thought, hey, I'm going to clean the car because, you know, they don't want you to return the car dirty. They charge right. you sometimes. So I was like, oh, I was going to clean the car and get the stuff out the trunk while I'm doing that. It'll be fine. And then my wife called me and gave me an hour earlier than I, was, than I thought. And I got rushed and I forgot. And then that was dumb. It was so ridiculous, too, that Fox is like, oh, yeah, we got your stuff. Or you didn't actually hear from them. But no, you, I went you back. Went back and found out. I think I drove back stuff. there three times. Oh, really? To take it back the first night. Then the second time I went back to get my stuff, they had two or three of my bags. And I went back the third time to get my fourth bag. And then oh. and then I asked them, hey, wait a minute. I'm still missing my waiters and my tripod. Oh, we don't know where those are. What? The most expensive oh, really? items missing? Yeah, you dropped everything else. All, you brought everything else out of the trunk except for those two things. That's funny. Yeah, not happy. <laughs> so I had to build a new. Luckily, I had the same exact tripod legs, the old 055 Manfrotto tripod legs. So I had two of them, my ball head that I had. And so I put that on and then started using it, but I didn't have my actual Manfrotto uh, or Calumet plate to go onto my camera. I've got these Chinese aftermarket ones, which don't work. They don't hold on to that. So oh, I'll yeah. go over that in gear time, the pitfalls of quick release plates. <laughs> Another thing that I learned from this experience was that just doing a full moon ex- a full moon shot, it's just better with a long lens. Mm. Your situation is either if you want the largest moon, the magnified moon that's on the horizon, you either have to be in a flat location, have mm-hmm. your object that's in front of it be maybe kind of hanging over it or next to it, not under it, or you need to get up higher, get in a higher viewpoint, a vantage point where you can look out over the horizon and then yeah. get you know something like the cool temple spires in the frame. But we couldn't get to a high location, at least not fast enough, and the mm-hmm. more places we kept trying, the further away I got from what we had, an 85 millimeter, 100 millimeter, and a 50 millimeter. Those are the most telephoto lenses that we had, plus your doubler. Yeah, which I didn't really try, but that's okay. The 100 and the doubler could have really been a solution, but for one of us. And so it's just, I need a long lens for this kind of photography. You pull that subject right into frame that you have, like, that spires the temple. If I had just that in the bottom of the frame and then the big old moon be an awesome image. You would feel balanced. Mm-hmm. But in a big wide frame where you see so much of it, and you don't want to just crop in and lose all that resolution, I didn't like any of the other elements in the frame. Yeah. And it's so much easier to frame what you want with that if you can do a telephoto lens, something yeah. long. Yeah, that's kind of the, the pitfalls of moon photography is you really got to have a telephoto lens. Because anything so. anything smaller than 100, the moon's just going to look tiny. Yeah, it's That's true. That's just the way it is. I didn't yeah. think it was necessarily that way, but I felt that way tonight. Yeah. I mean, next yeah. full moon, maybe I'll have to make sure I rent something or own something by then. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, it just makes it more fun. So another thing that I got to try out today was photo pills, and I learned that um, when you use the AR function of it, it's really cool because it actually gives you like the time as well, which I thought was really neat. Yeah. So as you scroll and you can see the moon rise or the Milky Way after the moon, but either whether you're looking at the moon or Milky Way, it shows what time and 
So you're looking at, you can use your camera on your on your phone and see what you're looking at and then move the timeline along and you're saying, okay, so at 11 o'clock it'll be rising right where you want it to be at this position. It's like, that's too late. So then yeah. that's, at that point we could readjust our composition and our, our thoughts and stuff. And so that was really, really cool to see how that can affect not only our planning when we want to go into a shot, but as you're there, you can use photo pills to make decisions, which is really cool. And it's very accurate. It's looking really yeah. right where you expected it to be. Mm-hmm. And to have something like that where it says, hey, standing right here, you wait until this time, this will be what's in frame. Yeah. And you can see, hey, it's going to be right between those two spires. That's awesome. Yeah, it was really cool. And my next opportunity of capturing the moon, what I want to do is have a nice clear moon. And I was trying it tonight, and I'm finding out, oh, it's a lot more difficult than you want it to be. Mm-hmm. So with my goose shot, I thought this could be my portfolio shot or at least my interesting Instagram shot. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to make it work out where I could see the moon. And I did a shot where I focused on the moon and I brought down my settings so I didn't overblow the moon because it's really easy to blow yeah. out your highlights. Right. It's crazy easy to clip when you're on the moon. So bright. And so I had a really completely blown out moon with a nice picture of the goose. And then I focused on just getting that exposure nice for the moon. And I brought it down. Well, between the two images, if I wanted to composite in that nice moon, mm-hmm. what I ended up with is this image with dark sky and the small moon. And then when I bring that dark sky into the image, I have this blown out sky. I had the sky that comes off of the moon and is just a gradient of white coming off of the moon and spreading out for quite a while. And so compositing the moon is not going to be easy. Even if I take the the sky from right around the moon directly, I'm going to have to spread that out for, I don't know, inches on a printing. I mean, how do I describe Mm. this? Most of my image around the moon has a gradient in the sky when I had it at that setting. Because you're exposed to the ground, right? Exactly. And so it totally overexposed the, mm-hmm. the sky. And oh, spread that light really yeah. far. So I know that Jeff mm. Harmon did a really nice composite of a moon recently. If you listen to Photo Taco, he has a how I got the shot for a super moon. Mm-hmm. And so I want to re-listen to that and see if he mentions what composition he had to do or, or what capture he had to do to get the composite to work and not be so overblown. Because I don't want that halo around the moon and then I bring in a nice moon, and I still have residual halo in the sky. I, I don't know. There's things I need to test, yeah. and we'll come back and talk about that in a future yeah. episode. Yeah. Let's go ahead and take our last break of the podcast and come back and do gear time and tip of the week. Okay. Hey, guys. Welcome back. Uh, gear time today. We're going to talk about quick release plates that come with your tripod head. So every time you buy a tripod head or a new tripod, uh, these things come with it. Um, sometimes they're square shaped, sometimes they're five, like pentagon shaped, unless you get something like an Arca Swiss um, L-, L bracket, which is an elongated plate that goes all the way across the bottom and then up the side. And that's what I was using before my tripod got stolen. <laughs> so <laughs> I have reverted back to my Manfrotto plates and my Calumet, which is a Manfrotto um, compatible ball head. I've got these quick release plates that are knockoffs from China. And this is this is one of the caveats you gotta be, be aware of is when you want more than one plate or you broke a plate or you lost a plate that goes to something like a Manfrotto ball head or gear head or whatever you have, you are tempted when you go onto eBay and Amazon to see these cheaper options. Now, the problem with these cheaper options are is there, I mean, it's like really cheap. I mean, we're talking like two or $3 versus 15 or 20 Oh, bucks. you're not talking like it's about 12 bucks. No, like this, 
is like $15 for Manfrotto and it's like three bucks for the aftermarket Chinese brand. You think $15 is not that much at first, but you think this no. is just the shoe. This is like, just I can the get thing. two of these for six bucks or two of these for 30, <laughs> you know, yeah. big difference, right? Uh-huh. And so you start think, seeing how it adds up and you're like, well, okay, why don't I just get the cheaper ones, you know? Well, the problem is they don't, their molds suck. When they pour the aluminum to these to build these, they don't do a very good job. Um, I've had some that work better than others. The one I have now, I've got two of them and I switched them out and they worked both exactly the same. They both didn't lock completely into my ball head, Ugh. which means that I could drop my camera at any minute. So it actually fits, but it, fits it needs like a millimeter of, of change on the... It needs to be cut down like a millimeter or two oh, that's... for it to lock in all the way to keep my... Oh, great plate secure. My advice to you is switch over to Arca Swiss. Arca Swiss seems to have um, better compatibility. You can buy cheaper Arca Swiss compatible um, plate heads and the plates themselves. Typically, if it says Arca Swiss is, it's Arca Swiss compatible in the description, it's probably going to work. Now, there are some other ones that are Arca Swiss like, you know, I think Manfrotto makes a bigger one that's, that's like two millimeters wider than the Arca Swiss mount, and so it doesn't oh. quite fit in there. It's too big of a spot to fit into, and there's other things that are similar too. So there's just it's just a weird universe of plates and the plate heads that go that can attach to your tri tripods. Just know that when you're looking at systems, um, Arca Swiss compatible systems are probably the most easiest to work with. I think um, once you go to something like Manfrotto, uh, it's kind of proprietary. And then you get the cheap aftermarket things, and they just don't work very well. They, and you're gonna you're gonna risk either losing your equipment or having to modify your plates. And then it'll fit just fine. But the fact is, I could lose a finger doing that too, and that's not worth it, <laughs> right? You know, so um, just buy just buy something. That, um, <laughs> don't risk your limbs over <laughs> something stupid like a three dollar plate. Call me Mister Butterfinger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> At the end of the day, my recommendation is to you know, if you're happy with your stuff, stick with it. If you're not, I, I recommend switching to Arca Swiss. I love that I have Arca Swiss, but that's because of the L bracket. The L bracket is right. the best. I don't even worry about what's going to be my tripod shoe anymore or the the plate that I connect to. So I'm excited to switch back over because I'm the not happy with this. The L bracket situation. sits on my camera all the time. I don't even think about it. Sometimes it gets loose and I'm reminded, oh yeah, there's an L bracket there. It's a it's sad loose. day that I had to take it off and put on something else. I'm sorry, man. I wish I could have helped you there. Unfortunately, we didn't no. drop off your stuff first and then head to my house that night. That happened to be your rental period yep. this trip. So here's tip of the week. Let's go back to photo pills. So if you guys are using photo pills and you have the app with you, I recommend you open it up and go to it on your phone and you'll see the pills section. The AR part that we're talking about is actually night AR. Now, if you're in the planner and you're busy doing something on the planner and yada, yada, there's actually an option for AR and night AR. Why you don't have a regular AR option in the main menu I don't know. I can't wait to ask Rafael Pons when we get a chance to interview him. The AR augmented reality one is different just because it shows you the sun. You actually can see the sunrise and set in this one and the moon. So why you don't see the sun in the other one, I don't know. But you have a timeline that gives you sunlight, sunlight, golden hour, right down into the astronomical twilight period. And so this is an interesting section that you can only get to from 
the planner. So back in the main menu, when you go down to night AR, I wanted to point out a few tips. Using this, it calibrates for you. If you see in the settings, it's auto uh, adjusting to your time zone and it's auto detecting the date and time. You can turn that off and change manually, but you don't have to do all that in order to change the dates. If you scroll right and left and you change the time, it'll eventually scroll over to the next day. But more importantly, is if you tap anywhere on the screen, on the right or left side, it changes the date. So don't accidentally change the date. If you look in the top left, you see in small gray letters or small gray numbers, 4817 is what I'm at right now. Today's the April 10th and it stays on the 10th when it loads up, but if I tap on the right side of the screen, it's 4.11 now. And so it's gonna give me the information for when the Milky Way and the moon rises on those days. So don't accidentally tap it, but if you wanted to find out a date in the future, say like next week, what's it gonna be like for the Milky Way on 4.18 when the Milky Way is finally up and the moon is not? So I look over in the east, and here I am, it's saying 9.25 a.m., so let's go backwards. Let's go backwards in time. Now we're in night, in full darkness. It's showing me the Milky Way and the moon. So in the AR, I'm seeing the Milky Way core right above the moon that is basically a waning gibbous almost last quarter. This is gonna be a terrible night for me to capture the Milky Way, but the moon is below the horizon, so I might have like an hour, it looks like, that I can capture the core before the moon comes up and starts messing with it. Also to note, when you see an orange orb on the screen, that is not the sun. They are declaring the core of the Milky Way with the orange dot. So that is the absolute core of the Milky Way. So if you're in a situation where it's just too bright to see that texture of the Milky Way core, where you see the orange dot, that's telling you that the Milky Way is. So just to recap, the PhotoPills app has a night AR section right there on the pills. But if you go to Planner, you can still get to that anytime and you can get to the daytime AR. The other thing is, is that when you're checking out your scene and you have your thumb on there and you're moving it from right or left, it's very easy to accidentally change the date if you just tap right or left side. And if you wanted to go to a different date on purpose, you just tap on the right or left side to go forward or backwards in days. So thank you guys for joining us again. We're sorry that this is a day late. This podcast is going to come out Tuesday evening when I come back from work and I finish editing this. It is a day late, but I think anyone can forgive us in this situation where Brendan, he's been recovering from from a hernia surgery, yeah. and he's been able to do some things. I mean, he Not sounds fun. great tonight. It doesn't sound like you're ill or anything, but it keeps taking him out. He's going through recovery periods. It's sit- a physical thing, so, you know. Yeah. I should be sitting at home doing a bunch of tutorials, but <laughs> I do more sleeping, though, so that's <laughs> yeah. good. That's nice. Recovery does allow you to sleep it more. Does. It's good. <laughs> so yeah. he wasn't able to make it last week and we weren't able to make it over the weekend and so here we are Monday night recording it thanks for being impatient with us and thanks for listening thanks for following us guys every day we get more people saying that they are enjoying the podcast enjoying the YouTube videos all of you we love you we love hearing from you just today I heard from a, I heard from a guy named Elliot Mullet I love his last name his last name is Mullet oh man maybe it's pronounced French way Elliot Mullet so Elliot Moulet, we love it. We have to thank you for the feedback that you said. Hey, put the picture of the listener photog adventure story up on the show notes so that when people are listening to this podcast, they can look at the picture and see it while we're talking about mm-hmm. it and know mm-hmm. the story behind the picture that they're looking at. I know I keep saying go to our photog adventure listener group, but if you don't want to get to that group or find it on the group, let alone 
you know, talk about it. Yeah, we can put it on our site. It's the, a good idea. Having it on the site with the show notes, it's awesome. So photogadventures.com has been a site that we haven't made an update to since we started it. And it needs an update because the utility-wise, it's lacking. It's, mm. it's all there. It's not like a wall of text. It's a wall of images. And you just can't really... It's overwhelming as to all the content that's there. Access to everything we've ever created is all in one scroll. And so it's overwhelming. It's too much. And we don't have a good place for show notes. And so I'm going to make a change to that. We're going to get the show notes up there. But if you go today, go to photogadventures.com and look up there. You'll see the podcast is the most recent post up there. Click on it. It'll take you into the post. And underneath there are the show notes. And that's where I'll put the image of the photog adventure the listener photog adventure and you can see the image we're do we're talking about while nice. we're talking about it sounds good so thank you guys for listening hope you guys have a wonderful week and we'll see you guys on astro photog or another seven days see you guys next time